Yes, those two adab pertain to two of the major sins in a person and as well in her understanding of the Mashaikh of Rasulullah the last two sins to leave a person one is hasad and the other is takabur kibur ujub so adam number unatis sadak ko chahiye ke agar koi peer bhai usse taat aur mansab mein aage badh jaye to usse hasad na kare Adam number 29, it is incumbent on a traveler on the path and the seeker of the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if any of their fellow seekers excel and exceed them in their obedience and worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in their spiritual rank and favor in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that they should never ever be envious, have any envy, hasad for that fellow seeker. First thing you must know is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created mu'mineen in darajat. This is something we've even explained to you in certain places in Quran al-Karim al-Rafi'ud darajat. This is one of Allah ta'ala's sifat that he himself is of the highest darajah and he raises people up in darajat. What does this mean? Well, in deen, Although you may not always know, right, and as far as your own self is concerned, you are supposed to view yourself as lower than everyone else. But in terms of outwardly, apparently, it may appear to you or it may become even clear to you or even you may have perception and insight that you may be able to perceive that someone has excelled and exceeded you. This can mean in any single ta'a, it may be even in a simple one act of obedience, such as that they pray to hajjad and we don't, or they make their zikr raqaba regularly and we don't, or they are more muttibe sunnah and we aren't, or they are more following haya and parda and we aren't. So there may be an outward apparent single act or several acts in which it is clear that they have excelled and exceeded in terms of their compliance with deen. Or it may be in terms of their batin. Batin may mean in their saluk, may mean in their asbaq, may mean in their haya, may mean in their taqwa, may mean in their sabr, may mean in their shukr. And third, any one or several or many of those and third, it also means in terms of our maqamat and tasawwuf. So in our sallallahu there are three types of walaya, walaya to sugra, let's say is the first kind. Then walaya to kubra, then walaya to uliya. So let's say a person somehow happens to know that's you're still too young for that in saluk, but a person may know that. Or let's say if it's in the men, right, so for example, Let's say if Hazrati's Jamaat, they're probably out of people who have technically taken bayah in any gathering, that's probably hundreds of thousands, literally, because of all those travels in India. If just in India and Central Asia suffer combined, technical bayah would be hundreds of thousands. Even people who at one time or another, maybe throughout 
since they took Bayah, or at least for some years, then maybe they faded back, then again, I would say tens of thousands of Muridin who are been in contact in Rabada Sohba with Hazrat Sahib, either regularly throughout or sometime on, sometime off. Like we have some people here who are regularly throughout and sometimes on and sometimes off, right? But it still doesn't mean that they just took bath and we never heard from them again, right? So out of those tens of thousands of people, they're probably, I don't know, but let's say two to three hundred, not more than that, not certainly not more than three hundred, possibly up to three hundred khulafa, right? So even within the khulafa, you may say that there are some who are older, some who are younger, some who are different relations with Hazrat Sam, let's put it that way. So these are again outward apparently, mansab, or even within, even with non-khulafa, there may be some ulama who are closer to the shaykh, there may be some muridin that the shaykh appoints for a particular task, not talking khidmat, but for a bayan, or to do majlis, or to do khatmat, or to make dua, or any such thing. So that's another third type of thing that a person may see. For any of these three things, one was zahir, outward compliance to sharia, second was any batni sifat, third can be sabak and maqam and saluk, and fourth can be any rutba or daraja in the sulsala. In any of these four things, a person, and if it's a mullim or a mullima, there may be somebody who has more qurb, or somebody who has more kubuliya, or somebody who is asked to teach a subject, higher level subject in a higher level year, or somebody who is asked to teach hadith, or there may be someone that if the shaykh himself taught that subject, then he passes it on to a particular mullima as opposed to another one. So there could be so many. But it means, simply speaking, is that there are a lot of opportunities for hasad in the <laughs> A lot of opportunities. If a person wants to be a hasid, you can get so many opportunities. And although I've never seen that word, masood, there are plenty of potential masoodin as well. There are plenty of potential objects of envy. Every peer by is a potential object of envy. Every peer ban is a potential object of envy. So, so many opportunities of envy, so many types of envy that I mentioned, and so many potential objects of envy. Oh, Akbar. <laughs> yes, so it means in the history of Saluk, in the history of Ilm also, in the history of Deen, you will find a lot of Hasad. Allah Akbar. But Hasad fid Deen is even worse than Hasad fid Dunya. Or Hasad lid Deen is worse than Hasad lid Dunya. Hasid in dunya is that you envy somebody, they had a better job, they had a better car, they got a better home, their children got into a better university, etc. That's hasid in dunya. That itself is muzmum, is highly blameworthy. But hasid in deen, Allah. Why? Because when you have hasid for somebody in dunya, you don't lose your own dunya. You don't lose your own dunya. If you have hasid for somebody in deen, you start losing your own deen. Because you lose the nur of your deen, you lose the barakah of your deen, you lose the ikhlas of your deen, you lose the sidq in your deen. To act sidq, hasid in deen comes back to haunt you. 
Hasid Nadeen comes back to hurt you. And again, because in Pir Bai, Pir Behan, because you're closely interacting, you're aware that the average person who is individually religious is not in Tasawwuf Saluk, not in any Jama'ah, right? So they're individual religious. They're not so much aware of what other people are doing. They may see on the road, okay, there's some other woman wearing niqab, or there's some other man wearing turban, there's some other man who has sunnah, but they have no idea about that person. Maybe he's alim, he's not alim, he's in zikr, he's not in zikr. They have no way of, they don't have the knowledge of that. So they can't. You, mashallah, sometimes sabak is given publicly. Oh, who is appointed to teach what? That is all public knowledge. Who gives beyond? That is all public knowledge. All of these things. Who gets khilafat? That is all public knowledge. These are all things that everyone will know. Right? So a lot of scope for hasad. A lot of scope for hasad. Allah Akbar. And I can tell you that this is maybe a tasalsal. Every single hasad has tawatur. It's coming with every single generation. Every generation. Every one of these mashayikh Deen would have had hasad for someone or the other in them. Whether it's and so even though we're, I have to say, mashallah, the men have been very good, but I'm sure it's just my own lack of perception that I don't see it in you yet. But sooner or later, it's going to happen. Sooner or later. <laughs> sooner or later. And women tend to generally have a bit more hasad than men, so it happens more sooner and less later in them. Hmm? Hasad sometimes comes as a result of frustration or anger, Right? One reason hasad also comes in many ways, and what I'm saying right now is not a single, there's not formulas for you to apply, it's just to show you many ways. And I remember once Hazrat spoke about this, and then in one of the early Jang Istamals, Fasusi Istamals, and people were trying to apply it. I noticed some people were trying to apply it on one another. One person even told me once that you only got Khilafat because you're from America. Deep. <laughs> In fact, maybe that's something we should teach you next whenever we do a series. The Hazrat has written a book, Rahis Salamat Tumari Nismat. And their next probably series of adab that are worthwhile to go with you over there. So no one should ever question hasad. Normally when we explain the ulama, the way they explain hasad is that when you have hasad for someone, you're actually questioning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're questioning with Allah Ta'ala does taqseem. You're upset with Allah Ta'ala. He is the Qasim. He is the one who does the taqseem. If he has given something to someone and you're unhappy that that someone has something, in actuality you're upset with Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. So the same thing is true for the Shaykh. So if you're upset with that somebody got given such a book to teach or somebody was told to lead the majlis or somebody was told to give bayan or somebody was told to do this, Actually, you're upset at the shaykh, right? So that's why hasad can cut you off in your deen because it actually messes up your connection with the shaykh. Then the transmission stops. You get low signal. <laughs> the more hasad you have in your heart, then the more your signal with the connection with the shaykh and all of the sulsala, all of that starts going down and down and down. And people can have hasad in matters of marriage. So why did Sheikh marry him off to her or her off to him? Or what about me? You know, <laughs> right? Oh, so many opportunities for hasad. 
And yes, you can get the idea that obviously some of these are real cases. Right? Some of these are real things. So many opportunities for Hassan. Hajj Sheikh, give time. There were 20 of us waiting. Now, there are 20 of you waiting, and there's only 20 minutes. Let's say I decide I'm going to go up at 1 a.m. every day. So it's impossible. And let's say over the course of the week, I meet 50 people. Somebody's going to be number 50, and somebody's going to be number 1. That's just a fact of life. That's the way it's going to be. For example, often I give you people example, and you don't feel that when you go to the doctor's office. You go to the doctor's office, bus, you're happy to wait. So happy to wait. As long as you eventually get seen by the doctor, you're happy. Sometimes maybe the doctor will tell you to come back the next day. Sometimes I can't give you an appointment for another month. No problem. If you think he's a good doctor, you say, okay, give me an appointment for two months later. It's okay, I'll wait for three months, give me an appointment later. That's for a medical doctor who's going to touch your wrist and slap you around a little bit, stick some things in you, poke you. That's it. <laughs> what else is he going to do? And you're happily waiting. It's not sabr. real. This real muridin, I think, is the patients in the doctor's office. They have so much sabr, so much istikamat. Huh? So it can be anything. So many things. So many, 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 many opportunities for Hassan. So many opportunities. Why is giving so-and-so so much time all of a sudden? What's happened? The world has come to an end. Hmm? So many opportunities. So, first of all, you should understand that I wouldn't say coincidence or fate. Certainly some things are takdeer. Everything is mukanda, but some things are just fate. Some things are just happenstance. Not everything is done deliberately in this world. Right? In other words, for example, if we assign a subject to Mullama 1, it was not a con- that was a conscious decision to assign that subject to Mullama 1, but it was not a conscious, deliberate decision to bypass Mullama 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 for that subject. Yes, obviously, once you give it to Mullama 1, then 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 do get bypassed, but that wasn't a deliberate, conscious thing. Do you understand? It wasn't to pass over someone. But the feeling the person feels that they were passed over, that they feel the other way around. They feel that they were passed over, they don't feel it was given to one, number two feels that she was passed over. So sometimes in intizam, you just have to appoint a person and select a person. It does not necessarily imply anything negative, and it can even sometimes happen that more than one person is equally qualified for a particular task in terms of khidmat of ilm or khidmat of sulsala. It may be possible that three people can give a bayan, but there's only going to be one person who's going to give a bayan, right? It may be possible that five people could lead a summer program, but only two people are needed for that job. So, it doesn't always necessarily mean that. But hasad is a summer, and the more, strangely, the more and more a person progresses in saluk, the more and more they feel that hasad. One basic reason hasad comes is the person views oneself to be something. This is what Iblis had. He viewed himself to be something. Hence then he viewed himself to be better than Adam al-Islam. Hence then he envied Sayyidina Adam al-Islam. But it all began with him viewing himself as something. Which is again against the cardinal rule, major principle of the Sawaf, to view yourself as nothing. To view yourself as nothing. And it's actually for own protection. The second somebody starts viewing themselves as something, then hasad and takabur are not even a footstep away. 
The second we view ourselves as anything, something, then the hasad and the kabr will come right there, right there. One reason is sometimes that it says that what you have So one thing that happens sometimes two people give bed together, but that doesn't mean you're always going to be equal your whole life, right? For example, you you are people who study, so two people enter lums together. They're there in the same orientation. Fine, they were equal at that moment. Does that mean they're going to be equal on graduation? No way. Four years from now, there may be one who's ahead, there may be one who's more junior. But they can never look at that person like that. They will never be able to look at how that person has developed. They will always look at that person who was originally with them. Right? This can work the other way. Sometimes a person is genuinely behind, but he feels this about that person. But does that mean says they still looking at me like the way I was? No, they actually have gone ahead of you. <laughs> They're not deliberately trying to treat you the way you were, but that's the way it is. Right? So this is a very nazuk thing. Now already I've explained it to you too much than I would have wanted using akal. There's only one simple kalbi solution to this. You have to have be humble. There's only one solution to hasad. Yes, there are techniques, make dua for the person, so many things the Mashanik have written, but the real solution is in the batin, is in your kalb. You have to have humility in the kalb. You have to be humble. You can never sort out hasad up here. Never. You'll analyze, and when you analyze, and you may escape one type of hasad, end up in the second one. You may be able to forgive one thing, you'll end up in the second one. You can never win any battle up here in Tasawwuf. No. There's nothing in Saluk that you can win on the basis of your Akal. That's why many times our Mashaikh say, Ke Akli na bano, Kalbi bano. Don't use your Akal. <laughs> yes. Why would you settle, leave something that is Allah for something that is Adna? That's also people who view themselves as something. They view their own philosophical erudition and their own philosophical views as if there's something <laughs> to be presented in Deen. It's absolute fluff. It has no value in any significance whatsoever. It's difficult for people to let go of their own self-worth. Right? That's Iblis, he couldn't do it. After so many years, centuries, millennia, some say of Ibadah, he couldn't let go of his own self-appreciation. He couldn't let go of his own self-worth. He just couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. Oh, man. And that's a whole subject, you know. Some ulama say hasad, some say ujub, some say takabur. But basically they're all related to one another. Which one came first? Likely the ujub came first, right? Which is what I'm saying, that one views oneself as something. So then how should one feel? So actually, first thing is the heart should always be humble. Second is if somebody has excelled you, your heart should be happy for them, Right? And many times, actually, people who are very good at this in terms of dunya, they're not good at this in terms of deen, right? Salikin often are very good about this in terms of dunya. Because alhamdulillah, because of their tarbiyah and tasawuf and saluk, they don't have love for dunya, right? The more advanced salikin, so they don't have love for dunya. So if they find out some peer by got more money than them, they're completely fine, don't feel any hasad. They find out that some peer man, she got married to a more richer husband, they're fine. It doesn't mean anything to them. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, they're able to save themselves from hasad in, dun- in dunya terms because they've taken out the love of dunya from their heart. 
But the hasad in deen, it still remains. That doesn't mean love of deen, it's love of one's own level of deen. That has to be taken out from one's heart. Right? For example, let me give you an example where you don't have hasad. If you do, I'll have to slap you. About what I would say. None of you have hasad for hazardji. Right? <laughs> right? None of you have that hasad. Right? But just the same way, none of you have hasad for hazardji, none of you should have hasad for anyone in the entire susla of hazardji. The same way. Just like you don't have hasad for the person who is in the, in terms of arjmata, because there's something in the next other I'll explain to you, in terms just like you don't have hasad for number one, you shouldn't have hasad for number two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand, nine, one million. Someday, right? So that's a good way that you can see that, okay, yes, somebody who clearly is in a higher rutba than all of us combined, none of us feel hasad, right? That's the way it's supposed to be. For everyone. For everyone. That's simple. Problem is, is that when somebody who is behind you overtakes you, and your for your hazardi has been always light years ahead of you, right? Problem is when somebody from behind you overtakes you, hmm? like when you're in the go kart with your little brother, and next thing you know, the little brother passes you by. <laughs> How is he passing me in the go kart? Huh? <laughs> That, oh Allah, that's very difficult. That's very difficult. They even want to people like that, who have Hasid Brotherji. Because they view Hasidji as little brother. That's Hasidji was little brother to them 40 years ago. It's very difficult for people to let go. Very difficult for people to let go of their original conception. Some of our ulama hmm, in Karachi, I won't take their names. But boy, they view the person as their junior. Because originally, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. Yes, the person was their junior. So when the junior overtakes, that's what it's saying. No? Hmm? Yeah. 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 You should not feel bad when somebody overtakes you. And it will happen. It will happen. There will be people who progress at different paces. People who develop in different ways. All right? It's a separate thing that the ones who develop, how should they view those who are outwardly, apparently, maybe even again through their perception, even junior to them. That's a separate other, right? This is basically our other that we shouldn't have hustle for our elders. Elders, right? This is a very important other. And what happens if hasad is allowed to come between peer my peer man? And they're always undercutting one another. Avoid like a to do cutthroat competition, undermining, undercutting. Very twisted glee and joy when they find out about somebody's failure. Almost a devastating sadness when they find out about somebody's success. They get parashan. And if you want to avoid people, because the other side, you have to help people in this process. This is another teaching of Deen and Adab. That we have to carry ourselves in such a way, sometimes, not always, not if it's going to compromise in khidmat of deen, but if, without any compromise in any value of deen, a person can do ihtiyat, a person should do that. So that the other person doesn't 
has a less chance of feeling hasad. So this is what our mashaik say, ke chote ban kar rena. Right? Self-effacing. So that the other people don't view you as something. Because if they start viewing you as something, not everybody is able to view, handle that. Not everybody will be able to do that. And then the hasadeen are the ones who won't want to view you as something. So better that in front of such people you keep trying to present yourself as nothing so the hasad doesn't get a chance to come out. But like I said, that's not always possible, right? You cannot compromise deen. You cannot say, okay, I won't give a bayan. Because if I give a bayan, then people will... You have to give the bayan, right? Especially if it's something the shaykh has told you to do, you have to do it. So you can't always compromise. But to, if in certain cases it is possible that a person should face themselves, that others don't feel hasad towards them. Doesn't mean you should do shak or su'izan badgumani on any one particular person that they are a potential hasad, but just generally it's also better for your own humility that unless and other than those occasions which it benefits the deen for you to take a stance or to be public or to be prominent, other than that then you should try to keep to yourself, you should erase yourself. So this was Adab number 29. Adab number this and last Adab in this set of Adab and in this series in this year of Ramadan. Salah ko chahiye ke wo apne aap ko kisi dusre sheikh ki jamaat se abzal na samjhe kyunki wo bhi tariqat mein uske bai hai. Alright. This is a sense of ujub and takambar. This is just one example. Right, but a very important example for people who are brethren in Salsala. What does that mean? That a Salak should not, uh, the transition, it does not befit a seeker on this path, seeker of the pleasure of Allah SWT and travel on this path, that they should view themselves as superior to any murid, actually it's a jamaat, but it means any further than that jamaat, they should not view themselves as superior to any murid in the jamaat and the from the students of another sheikh, nor it <coughs> means they shouldn't view themselves as a jamaat as better than the jamaat of another sheikh. Why? Because they are also their brethren in the tariqah. So, for example, the example that would be for you, that you can understand that so lam students shouldn't view themselves as any better than... Well, that's a bit difficult example, but what I, what's an example I can give you? Beacon House students shouldn't view themselves as any better than city school students. Because they're both two sisters and it's all one <laughs> group, right? It means in tariqat and tasawwuf, and it's general. This is number one, no Khalifa students should view themselves any better than any, just because they're that Khalifa student, they're not better than that other person because they're the other Khalifa student. Or because they're Sheikh student, they're not better than another person just because that person is somebody else's sheikh student. Or because they're students in one silsila, one tariqa, they are better than students in some other silsila just because they're Naqshbandi and they're Chishti. Or just because they're in Tasawwuf, they're better than somebody who is in Tabliq. Or etc. etc. You can expand it. Just don't view oneself as superior to other people in Deen overall. But so that's the general teaching. Like I mentioned, that many of these adab generally apply. They're adab of mu'mineen with one another, not just adab of brethren. But again, because people have more of an opportunity to feel this. 
right? There's a sense of one-upmanship, a sense of superiority that comes in, and that's ujub and takambar. That's vanity and conceit is ujub, and one-upmanship, superiority, arrogance, that is takambar. So a person should not view themselves as better. So, for example, all of these adab, they apply not just to the students of our own sheikh, but they would apply to students of other mashaikh also. We should have the same adab towards them. Yes, maybe the interaction is a bit less. The opportunity for these adab to come into play may be less. But in terms of our heartfelt feeling, we should have the same adab towards everyone. And that's what we said to them, being even the same adab towards all mu'mineen, because these are basically adab of mu'mineen towards one another. One reason why this is specifically emphasized here is because this leads to another ugly phenomenon which you can call rivalry and competition, right? Rivalry and competition, which is not what is matloob or maksood in tasawwuf, right? So, alhamdulillah, in fact, I have to say that in many cases, the women have been very good in that sense. So we don't have, for example, in the Arzainam Academy in Lahore, is not engaged in rivalry and competition with other, let's say, women's, Madaris run under our own sheikh. And one reason is because, alhamdulillah, all the principles of the like my wife and the other main principles are all in good terms with one another, right? But sometimes you will have in other systems, when they're not in good terms with one another, then you will find a rivalry or competition or a sense of superiority. And alhamdulillah, at least again, but I may be blissfully ignorant, huh? and <laughs> blissfully ignorant and foolishly innocent of such things. But when I be able to see it, alhamdulillah, that so far that our students and the students of other Khulafa and Lahore don't have any such uh, one-upmanship or sense of superiority over one another. So that's a good thing and that's the way it's supposed to be, right? And again, that will always happen when the people on top have the proper love for one another. Then a sign of that is their students will have love for one another. And if the people on the top don't have the proper love for one another, then the students won't have that for one another. So I've also seen a situation like that, that people on top, so the main mullimas don't have true love for one another. So then it has trickled down, and it comes cases I've seen, that these students don't really have any respect for that other mullima, right? Because they can see their own teacher has no respect for that mullima also. Their own teacher doesn't even want them to talk to that other mullima. So that how can that student have any respect for the other mullima? So what it means is that you should feel happy in a sense of belonging, right, to the whole ummah. You shouldn't make, carve out some very exclusive cliques and cults where then you have rivalry and competition and sense of superiority over one another, right? But yes, in terms of affiliation, there's nothing wrong with a person being, like, there's nothing wrong in going to a particular school, right? and getting a degree from a single university. So a person will be a Hesonian, a person will be a grammarian. These are not sects. This is just representing a shared affiliation. And that's perfectly fine also. But it's very important, very important. Because what happens is if you view yourself as Abzal to murid of another sheikh, actually you are critiquing that sheikh. That's actually what you're trying to say, right? That just because he is a murid of that sheikh, and I'm with this sheikh, then I'm better than him. It means what it means is you should, although in one sense, and this is probably there in the Lama Murshid, a person 
individually loves their shaykh more than any other mashaykh. That's a natural thing, right? But that doesn't have to mean that you have to, in your akal, declare your shaykh to be better than other mashaykh. There's no need to do that. Whenever you move it up from the kalb to the akal, you will end up in government. The kalb has no need for that. The heart can love someone without having to declare them superior. It's the akal which engages in such fitna. That comparing and viewing one as superior, one as inferior, looking at the different characters. Especially those of you who are coming with us to Zambia, you should not be sitting there and, you know, <laughs> comparing different khulafa with one another and different jamaat with one another. This is not, uh, it's not an akli exercise. You're not supposed to be doing that, right? This bottom line khulasa, anytime you take it from the kalb to the akal, gabrhaka. Akal does not know how to handle Akal ke andar itna zarf nahi hai. Na mohambat karne ka zarf hai. Is chizu ka na sabr karne ka zarf hai. Ye zarf aur ye sifat, ye istidad zarf kalb mein hota hai. To akli na bano, kalbi bano. Akli na bano, kalbi bano. Inshallah, if we put all of these adab in our heart, then... What was the purpose of these adab that we mentioned in the very beginning? Then you will actually go faster in saluk. You will go deeper in saluk. Aapar rang ziyada chanega. Rang ziyada gehra hoga. Aapar ziyada gerai se chanega. Ziyada rusukh se aapke andar utrega. Jamke ye in adab ke lahas ke jai. And if you don't have these adab or you slack in these adab, then you won't get such a deep effect. You won't get such a deep effect of the same zikr that you do, same rakba, same suhba, same, all of that, you won't get the same effect without these adab. So given that all of these adab are from our deen or from the hadith and sunnah of Nabiya, either explicitly or analogously, means that we should do our utmost level best in all of our interactions with all of our fellow seekers any seekers, any lovers and wanters of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, any mu'mineen, to always have the best of adab with them. May Allah ta'ala accept this niyat from us. May He always keep us on the adab. May He save us from any infraction of adab. May He save us from the evil of hasad. May He save us from being that hasad whose shar Allah ta'ala has asked us to seek refuge in from Him. Min sharri hasadin idha hasad. وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين. سبحان ربنا ونعم اللهم صلي على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم. ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تكفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين. ربك فارحمنا أنت خير الراحمين. يا الله رب كريم همان قناكم أفرما يا رب كريم همان بيدبيكم أفرما همان بري خصلتكم سافرما يا رب كريم همي حسد سنجات تافرما وجب سنجات تافرما كبر تكبر سباق فرما يا الله يا رب كريم همي بغض كل غل قينا سهم محفوظ فرما يا الله يا رب كريم همي هم دردي ولا دلتا فرما 
راجی والی صفت ہمیں نصیب فرما کریم ہم آپ کے سامنے بھی آجز ہیں ہم سب کے سامنے آجز بننا چاہتے ہیں رب کریم توازو آجی ان کی سارے والا زندگی ہمیں نصیب فرما توازو کے ادائے ہمیں عطا فرما توازو کے لوازمات ہمیں عطا فرما توازو کے اٹھنا بیٹھنا چلنا پھرنا طرز انداز مزاج ہمیں نصیب فرما یعنی رب کریم ہمارے نفس کو مٹا دیجیے یا اللہ آپ نے تو قرآن کریم میں فرمایا تکون آپ نے تو قرآن میں فرمایا اللہ ربی یا رب کریم اپنی رحمت کا معاملہ فرما ہمیں ہمارا نفس کو مٹا کر ہم سب کو بھی متقین میں سے شامل بنا یاد رب کریم بڑے تمام دوسروں ساتھی بڑوں کے دل میں حقیقی احترام عزت نصیب فرما رب کریم ہر قسم کی ذلت سے ہمیں محفوظ فرما رب کریم آج تک اب تک جس کے بارے میں بھی ہم نے جو بھی برے جذبات سینے میں رکھے رب کریم ہمارے اس سینے کو صاف فرما ان سے بھی معافی مانگنے کی یا ان سے تلافی کرنا یا صلح کرنا توفیق نصیب فرما رب کریم اور آپ سے اس چیز کا معافی مانگنا یا رب کریم ہمیں معاف فرما ان کا انت افون کریم یا رب کریم آپ نے تو قرآن میں فرمایا کہ اب کسی ہی چیزیں ہم سے معاف کرتے ہیں کثرت کے گناہ ہم سے معاف کرتے ہیں رب کریم واقعہ آپ نے ہمیں پہچانا ہم تو ذکر کثیر والے نہیں ہم تو گناہ کثیر والے ہیں آپ نے تو قرآن میں وعدہ کیا آپ نے اعلان کر دیا کہ آپ کثرت سے معاف کرتے ہیں رب کریم ہم وہ کثیر گناہ لے کر آئے ہیں ہم آپ کے افو در گزر جا رہے ہیں رب کریم ہمارے ان گناہوں کو معاف فرما ہماری کثرت حسرت کو معاف فرما کثرت عجب کو معاف فرما کثرت کبر کو معاف فرما کثرت تکبر کو معاف فرما یعنی بکریم ہم سب کو کثرت تقوی والا بنا کثرت حیا والا بنا کثرت ذکر والا بنا یعنی بکریم کثرت عبادت والا بنا کثرت توازو عاجی والا بنا یعنی بکریم ہم اس دین پر استقامت عطا فرما یعنی بکریم یہ سلوک کا راستہ بہت نازک ہے ہمارے سامنے بہت لوگ راستے سے ہٹ چکے ہیں رب کریم ہمیں اس راستے پر مستقیم بنا ہمیں استقامت عطا فرما حفاظت عطا فرما ہمیں ہمیشہ اپنے بروں کے نقش قدم پر چلنے پر قائم دائم بننے کی توفیق عطا فرما ربنا اجمعین برحمت کیا الحمد